I did want to get David Gregory. I mentioned attorney by trade, certified NFL PA agent with Bull Rush Sports. They're based in West Michigan, and he's been giving us his legal opinions uh, going through the Mel Tucker case and now uh, into the legal side of Michigan versus the Big Ten, Harbaugh versus the Big Ten, however you want to define it. Uh, So, David, uh, from our conversations to end last week to what the Big Ten did when Michigan was on that team plane, breaking the news that he will be suspended for three games. To get the three games, they had to go to that committee, uh, which uh, granted the three-game suspension. And then I thought the judge would uh, rule quickly. We had heard... You know, late Friday evening that there would be a ruin. We heard a little after midnight, so it could creep past Thanksgiving weekend, which meant Harbaugh uh, could coach all three games. And then the surprise, uh, even a lot of buzz on Saturday that uh, the ruling was going to be in Michigan's favor, and then there's no ruling at all, and we get a hearing on Friday. So uh, just your thoughts on on why there wasn't any firm word one way or in another Big Ten or on the Harbaugh Michigan side and what this hearing will look like on Friday. Uh, well, thank you. Uh, great to be here. Um, let me start with, you know, getting a temporary restraining order uh, without a hearing uh, and without the other side present it is a, an extraordinary remedy. So it isn't uh, granted easily. It isn't granted. The courts don't just hand these things out. Uh, I think Michigan did make a really strong case of irreparable harm. We've talked about that. That's an injury that money can't fix later. But all we know for sure is the judge declined to grant the motion that you have made. He did not issue a decision document saying why he didn't grant it. All he did was set a hearing for this Friday at 9 a.m. And now it will be for a preliminary injunction that is a close relative of Garo, but it'll be a hearing where both sides are present. And then they'll present their case uh, similar to what they did to each other, and then this judge at that time can do what? Well, the judge presumably will uh, issue a decision about whether or not to enter a preliminary injunction. Uh, there'll be briefs filed beforehand, uh, I gather. I mean, Michigan's already essentially filed a brief that would cover both a TRO and a preliminary injunction. The Big Ten will be uh, have an opportunity to issue a, you know, file a brief of legal arguments in advance. Then the judge will consider the briefs. Um, well, all sides will be offered uh, an opportunity to argue the motion. That is, University of Michigan, Jim Harbaugh in his personal capacity, and the Big Ten will be given an opportunity to make oral arguments, and then the judge will make a decision. Um, I would guess it would be by the close of business that day on Friday to avoid the situation we had last Saturday of this uncertainty leading up to kickoff of a game. But that's just my gut instinct. And from reviewing what uh, you've read uh, since the Big Ten and Michigan both uh, you know, presented their, their responses, rebuttals, their initial complaints on each other, uh, if you had to weigh... Uh, who has a better case at that hearing on Friday? Just your own opinion. What would that be, Big Ten or Michigan? Well, a couple things. Number one, there's an old saying that uh, a good a good attorney knows the law, and a great attorney knows the judge. 
Um, now, the judge here is a University of Michigan graduate uh, who lectures at the University of Michigan Law School. But again, like you would have it in Ingham County, you know, these judges have to go to college somewhere. But uh, I would guess that a local Washington County judge is somewhat favorably inclined to University of Michigan. But then again, I thought that would be the case, and I thought a, a temporary restraining order might issue. That didn't happen. Uh, I really want to see the full arguments of the Big Ten, although their letter of last Friday really did lay out their arguments, quite frankly. Um, this case comes down to really one issue, in my opinion, which is if there's an NCAA investigation of a, a rules violation, does that mean the Big Ten commissioner cannot act under Rule 10, the sportsmanship rule? Uh, I think that's what this comes down to. Again, we've talked about it from the start. Rule 10 versus Rule 32. I think it's a very close argument, but but Michigan has the burden of proof here. I, I would guess they have a slight edge in front of a local judge in Washtenaw County. David Gregory, he is a lawyer by trade. He is also an NFL PA certified sports agent uh, with Bull Rush Sports. He's based in West Michigan, one of our uh, legal and sports advisors uh, joining us. So, uh, cool. We'll talk later in the week and uh, look at what both sides have and how that hearing may go. One, one thing, because everything at all levels of the court system is about settlements. And I doubt Michigan seems to be, based on everything we read, there would be no settlement. But what if the Big Ten lawyers called them and said, okay, um, we're, we're good with the one-game suspension, or could you give us just Maryland and Jim is clear and free for Ohio State in the Big Ten championship game? I guess they could offer, but based on the firm line of Michigan, I, I don't think there's any settling. Am I off base on that? I think you're exactly right, Bill. I thought uh, a week or so ago, I'm like, well, what if it was just a one-game suspension? Michigan should just not fight it and move forward. And I said, well, while Michigan might take a big-picture view and do that, Harbaugh certainly wouldn't. But I was wrong. Michigan is digging in. They won't settle for anything less than uh, exoneration or or a win in court, if you will. Uh, There's just no way. The institution's dug in here. No settlement. And no settlement with uh, the Big Ten, but they have said that they will allow the investigation to play out by the NCAA and cooperate like they have been from start to finish. Well, of course, and, and, and they're actually bound by conference rules and NCAA rules to investigate. When I said settlement, I, I just meant on the immediate matter of this suspension uh, for the remainder of the regular season. So the one question I have uh, – between the rule of an NCAA investigation going on and the Big Ten punishing Michigan under the sportsmanship rule, what what is that? Is there any gray area there where it could favor both sides? You said Michigan may, in your opinion, may have a slight advantage. For the people that didn't hear you last week, what what are those rules, and where could Michigan get not off, but get an injunction on Friday? Uh, on the difference between the sportsmanship rule and the NCAA ongoing investigation rule? Well, Rule 32 basically says, if the, the key part of it, if there's an NCAA investigation or uh, an NCAA-initiated action, that the Big Ten can um, levy additional penalties after the NCAA uh, has taken official action, i.e., if the NCAA takes the lead, the Big Ten's supposed to wait till the NCAA is done. And that's 
the gist of what Rule 32 says, at least in part. Uh, so Michigan's case is, look, the, the NCAA has clearly initiated the effort here. The Big Ten really admits that in their letter, uh, their most recent letter, by uh, like November, whenever that was. So that's what Rule 32 arguably says. If the NCAA initiates an action, Big Ten, you can't levy additional penalties until after the NCAA is done. And David, you're a lawyer, right? And David Gregory, yeah. by the way, for Bull Rush Sports, you're you're a lawyer. Uh, when you when you read that rule out loud, like you did on the show last week, and again just a minute ago, it, it seems pretty obvious there is a formal NCAA investigation, which, by the way, now uh, has reached towards CMU. Chris Ballas from the Wolverine dot com reporting that the NCAA now investigating who was on the sidelines at CMU, but. From the Big Ten perspective, with this case with Harbaugh, there is an ongoing NCAA investigation. How could the Big Ten say we're just going to ignore that and hit Rule 10 and the sportsmanship rules? Well, the Big Ten, they laid out their argument in their, in their 13-page letter to outlining the suspension, which is that we're not precluded from acting if there's an NCAA. We're not prevented from acting uh, we can act in real time, especially if a sportsmanship uh, allegation goes to the integrity of the on-field competition. And we can act in real time, and we have very broad authority to do so. And and they also point out that Rule 32, the one I talked about that says NCAA goes first, there is a preamble that says, see also Rule 10 sportsmanship. So the, the Big Ten's arguing, look, Everybody knows the rules here. You, you agreed to these bylaws and agreed to live by them. And you agreed to Rule 10 that has very broad authority for the commissioner. And Rule 10 is also referenced in the preamble to Rule 32. So it's to be read in addition to. It doesn't prevent us from acting in an extraordinary circumstance. And they kept saying that in their letter. This is an extraordinary circumstance of the integrity of the on-field competition being compromised in season in real time. So, David, the, essentially arguing that right. in, in many other circumstances, they probably wouldn't have done this. Right, but but to me, to quantify how how the competition has been damaged when when the Big Ten was notified of this by the NCAA prior to the Michigan State game. Yet Michigan State was aware, changed their signal, signs, whatever it is. Connor Stallions was you know, suspended with pay. And Michigan went out and beat up on Michigan State, and there was no talk of sign stealing or Michigan State football compromised, even though the acting school president said they were concerned about the players' safety and almost didn't play the game. And that's what Tony Petiti also in the Big Ten said, that they're concerned about safety. How do you and then you look at Penn State again on the road with with no coach, no no head coach, no no sign stealing, even though Franklin said they just do what they do. Uh, how, how do you quantify that Friday in that hearing and fear the Big Ten to say that games are at risk if Harbaugh is on the sidelines, let alone the rest of the staff and players? I think they have a little bit of a weakness there, uh, quite frankly, but. Where Michigan has a weakness, arguably, is irreparable injury to some extent, which is to say 
well, look, you're winning without Harbaugh. So what does it mean? And he, we're allowing him to coach during the week. You've proven, Michigan, that you can succeed without him on the sidelines. Um, I, I do think, but to go back to your point, that's where the Big Ten argument is a little weak. Um, while Jim Harbaugh might be responsible for the actions of his underlings by the NCAA, nothing has connected him with the signs with the sign stealing scheme and in person scouting scheme. So, how does his presence or non presence really affect the integrity of the game? Uh, I think it's really look. We've got to make an example out of somebody big, and this is a a very extraordinary circumstance. And the rule says I can act very broadly and consider any evidence I want to. Whoever agreed to that rule, <laughs> they're pretty pretty crazy to empower a commissioner like that. David Gregory, lawyer by day, he also is an NFLPA certified sports agent with Bull Rush Sports, based in Grand Rapids. We'll talk Wednesday and kind of get to more in detail on what the Big Ten uh, presented in those thirteen pages and what Michigan. Uh, presented or will present in court on Friday uh, in their motion for uh, to have the temporary uh, restraining order, injunction, whatever you want to call it. Uh, we'll talk on Wednesday show. Okay, David? Uh, thanks, Hugh. And if I'm talking too much like a lawyer, you just let me know. Okay? No, no, we need someone talking like a lawyer because I try and talk like a lawyer on the show and it doesn't work. Well, I tell you, this comes down to Rule 10 versus Rule 32. So you all ought to go out there and study up on those two rules. And we'll talk about the rules and responses and filings and everything that's been put out there publicly on Wednesday and also strategy. You'll join me uh, during the first hour on Wednesday's broadcast. Thank you, David. Thanks, huge.